0: I'm Eileen Dunn, and this is The God Slot. Because I gotta have faith, oh, I gotta have faith, Well, this week we devote the entire programme to one of the most difficult moral and ethical issues facing the Irish people abortion. Our programme takes the form of a debate, and the motion is that this House believes that it's time for the Irish Government to legislate for the X case. Our auditor and timekeeper is Rona Tarrant, and looking after audience comments we have Claire McCormack and Max Macken. We've two speakers proposing the motion and two speakers opposing. Each speaker is allowed. Four minutes and at three and a half minutes a bell will sound. Rona. Thank you. The same bell will sound at four minutes when the speaker must conclude. After all speakers have made their case, we will open the discussion to the floor. And I'm very pleased to welcome tonight our audience of Leaving CERT students from Mount Temple Comprehensive School. You're very welcome. After we hear their comments, the key speaker from each team will be given one minute to sum up and then our audience will vote on the motion. Now, before we began this recording, we took a poll of our voting audience and found a large majority was for the motion. So let's see if our seasoned debaters can alter that situation. So to begin and to propose the motion, I now call on medical student at the Royal College of Surgeons and former Irish Times debating contest winner and pro-choice campaigner, Elizabeth Ahern Flynn.
1: This debate first took place in Ireland amongst my parents' generation. While I rolled around in nappies, oblivious to the world around me, a battle was being fought over women's health, and the battleground was women's bodies. Twenty years later, this battle is still being fought, with many of my generation having long since grown out of our nappies and adding our voices to the movement, calling for safe, legal abortion for women if their pregnancy poses a threat to their life, including suicide. It doesn't sound like much, does it? The right for a woman to have her life guaranteed by the state while pregnant should not be a demand we have to make in a 21st century developed country. But here we are. Now abortion law exists in a sort of legal limbo, where our Supreme Court has ruled that providing abortions to women if the pregnancy poses a risk to her life is constitutional, but successive governments have refused to enact legislation to reflect this. The result of this has been that abortions are only provided if it's incredibly clear-cut as to whether the pregnancy poses a risk to the life of the mother. If there's any ambiguity, medical professionals are likely to err on the side of caution and not perform an abortion or give a recommendation as to whether one should be performed. And this is exactly what happened to Miss C, a woman who had suffered from cancer and could not get a clear answer as to whether her pregnancy posed a risk to her life. As a result, the European Court of Human Rights recommended that Ireland clarify under what circumstances an abortion may be obtained. Legislation is needed to provide this clarification. So women like Miss C don't have to go through the stressful experience of raising the money to travel to another country to obtain a medical procedure denied to them in this country. Legislating for the X case would also entail enacting legislation that regarded suicide as legitimate grounds for abortion. We've already had a referendum in which the people of Ireland made the decision to acknowledge risk of suicide was a risk to to a woman's life and therefore should be grounds for abortion. At the moment, no legislation exists to protect women and doctors from prosecution if an abortion is performed on a suicidal woman. By refusing to acknowledge suicide as legitimate grounds for abortion, we're further compounding the stigma surrounding mental health issues and refusing refusing to acknowledge that these are real issues. We acknowledge World Suicide Prevention Day on um, the 10th of September, and this brought issues of mental health to the fore and stressed the need for governments around the world, including our own, to be aware of the issues that drive people to take their own lives. An unwanted pregnancy can be one of these issues. We cannot claim to take mental health issues seriously while simultaneously denying to enact legislation that could protect extremely vulnerable women. A woman suffering from depression because she's been raped or anxiety because she has so many children that she can't afford to raise another and is so traumatised by her situation that she thinks that her only way out is to take her own life needs protection from the state. She deserves the sympathy and support of Irish people. But at the moment we don't do that. We export our problems to England and we sweep them under the carpet. We pretend as if abortion doesn't exist with Irish women, but it does. We just export them. For those women that travel to the UK to have an abortion, many of them can't access a medical abortion, which is far less invasive than a surgical abortion. Because often by the time they've organised themselves, they've obtained time off work or if they've raised the funds to have an abortion, they've been pushed into the next gestational bracket. They've pushed into a surgical procedure, which can often be a lot more physically and emotionally traumatising for them. Because we've denied them the right to have autonomy over their own body and control what happens to them. Legislating for the X case would still be very restrictive. It would not lead to widespread abortions or abortions on demand, only abortions in the case where a woman's life is at risk. Any attempt to liberalise from then on would require a referendum to either remove or change, Article 40.3.3 of our Constitution, which says that the state acknowledges the right to life of the unborn and with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother guarantees in its laws to respect, and as far as practicable, by its laws to defend and vindicate that right. Does it sound like women's rights in this country are being respected and upheld by the government? No, it doesn't. Even if we eventually wanted to bring in abortion laws for unviable foetuses or if the health of the mother is at risk, it would most likely require a referendum. In 20 years' time, the generation after us should not be needing to discuss this again. It's time to legislate. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth Ahern Flynn, proposing the motion that this House believes that it's time for the Irish Government to legislate for the X case. Now, to oppose the motion, we have another Irish Times debating contest winner, Barrister Lorcan Price.
2: A woman's body should not be seen as a battleground we all agree with this and a woman in a crisis pregnancy should be supported this is something we all agree with this motion however is about legislating for the 1992 ex decision and i'll tell you why this is a flawed basis for legislating in this contentious area the supreme court held that a woman had a right to an abortion under article 40 of the constitution if there was a real and substantial risk to her life now this right did exist if there was a right, not simply a risk to our health, but to our life. Because the Irish constitution holds that the state acknowledges the right to life of the unborn with due regard to the equal right to life to the mother, and guarantees in its laws to respect, and as far as practical, by its laws to vindicate and defend that right. That has consistently been supported by the Irish people as a position. Now, what that means is that the right to life of the unborn child has, and ought to be considered, in any debate which happens around legislation. The X case, however, held that the right to life of the mother is essentially superior and that the right to life of the child is contingent on that other right. And we say this is a flawed way of looking at the problem because it holds one above the other. And we said that that is essentially a disingenuous position in line with the Constitution. Because the Supreme Court, and this is another reason why X is flawed, did not hear any medical evidence in the X case to support its decision that suicide in that instance was a risk. And we say for them to make such a wide and very important decision without hearing medical evidence represents flawed law, in my opinion. Because if we talk about this debate being framed in the sphere of risk to the health of the mother, then it's important that we consider that evidence Furthermore, the X case placed no right, or sorry, no time limits, on uh, the right to abortion. Essentially, uh, and this is a risk that it may lead to abortion on demand in this jurisdiction, up to and including birth. Something that the majority of Irish people have consistently disagreed with. But you might ask the question: Why is this now an issue again? And of course, as Elizabeth mentioned, it follows on from the ECHR's decision in the A, B, and C case. But it's important to remind you that. There is no right to abortion as far as the European Court of Human Rights is concerned. And they've held that consistently in a series of decisions, most recently uh, Vaux v France and, of course, in the A, B and C case, where they reiterated that the Article 8 claim could not be considered as conferring a right to abortion. It simply does not exist as a right. It said to the Irish government, you have a essentially wide margin of appreciation in deciding how you frame your legislation. It didn't say to legislate for abortion. It said to make clear what the legal position in Ireland is. Not to tell you why I consider the legal position in Ireland as to be one that respects both the right to life of the mother and to the unborn child. Because unlike the decision in X, in the 20 intervening years, it has been shown that abortion should not be seen as a medical treatment for a mental health difficulty. In 2010, the Royal College of Psychiatry in the United Kingdom said that where there is an underlying mental health difficulty, that in many cases abortion can lead to more grave issues in the future. In essence, abortion is not a treatment for mental health difficulties, and this is the disingenuous suggestion that has been put to women who find themselves in a crisis pregnancy. The number of women travelling to the UK to have an abortion has declined significantly over the last number of years, and this is something no doubt that we all welcome, despite what side of the debate we are on. But well, we must say that women in a crisis pregnancy ought to be supported. But the X case does not lead to, I feel, a situation in this country that could be supported. Because the real issue here is, is women's health protected under the current framework in this country? We say it is, because you can intervene to protect the rights of the mother, and not, uh, which will regrettably in some cases, like for an ectopic pregnancy, lead to the death of a child. But that should not be seen as abortion, because the intention is not to abort the child, but to protect the life of the mother. And we say that's a situation which ought to continue. Thank you.
0: That was Lorcan Price. Now the key speaker proposing the motion is writer, broadcaster and columnist
3: Fintan O'Toole. Good evening. It's now 30 years since anti-abortion groups succeeded in pushing the issue to the top of the Irish political agenda. We've had five referendums, numerous high and Supreme Court cases, interdepartmental working groups, all-party committees, Green Papers, European Court challenges, and what difference has it all made? None whatsoever. The only thing that's changed is that better access to contraception and sexual health information has gradually reduced the number of Irish women going abroad for abortions. But it would be naive to expect that anti-abortion groups would follow this logic and conclude that giving women more knowledge and control is the best way to reduce abortions. For, of course, this is not a question of rationality. It's all about symbolism. The insistence that Ireland is somehow different from most of the rest of the world, holier, purer, more moral. Out there in the darkness, things are murky and complicated and women have abortions. But in Ireland, things are simple and women don't have abortions. Except, of course, they do. It's not just that thousands of Irish women travel abroad for abortions every year. It's that even at home, hundreds of real women every year face the very difficult reality that they have to end a pregnancy in order to avoid a risk to their lives. The bizarre thing is that almost everyone accepts that the termination of these pregnancies is morally right and should be lawful. In arguing against the need to legislate for the X case before the European Court of Human Rights, the state didn't say that abortion should be illegal in Ireland. It said, on the contrary, that there is already legal abortion in Ireland and uh, that there is, in effect, no problem. I quote, the procedure for obtaining a lawful abortion in Ireland is clear. The decision is made, like any other major medical matter, by a patient in consultation with her doctor, end of quote. So the official position is that abortion is clearly lawful in Ireland when it's necessary to save a woman's life. This doesn't happen all that often, but every week women in Ireland have ectopic pregnancies terminated and every year a few life-saving abortions are carried out in Irish hospitals. So where's the problem? The problem is that this doesn't suit the demand of some groups for a pure symbolism of Holy Ireland. So they insist that we all pretend it's not happening. The state told the European Court that it couldn't provide any information on who carries out lawful abortions in Ireland and where. Anti-abortion groups, meanwhile, engage in Olympic-level mental gymnastics. They adopt two self-contradictory positions. A, abortion is never in fact necessary to save a woman's life, and B, even if it is, it's not abortion. The first of these is flatly contradicted by the state's own case before the European Court and by the Court's final ruling. The second, the insistence that an abortion to save a life is not an abortion, comes straight from Alice in Wonderland. When I use a word, says Humpty Dumpty, it means just what I choose it to mean, neither more nor less. These linguistic games are designed to obscure a reality that people want to wish away. As Jane Toohey wrote in the Irish Times recently of her own experience of the termination of her ectopic pregnancy, let's be clear, the procedure that saved me from hemorrhaging to death was an abortion and I am grateful for it. Women who find themselves in Jane's very difficult position need exactly that, clarity. At the moment, they're caught between a Supreme Court ruling that says that they can have an abortion and criminal law that says that they can't. Legislating for the X case means setting down precisely for women and doctors the circumstances in which they can have or perform a life-saving abortion. What's the alternative to clarity and honesty? It's evasion and hypocrisy. It's keeping a known reality deliberately obscure, even if that creates in a matter of life and death enormous uncertainties. It's taking refuge in word games so that you can preserve an illusory symbol of purity that satisfies your own self-righteousness. That's not morality. It's equivocation. All morality is based on honesty. And the honest thing to do is to allow the law to acknowledge reality. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Fintan O'Toole. And finally, to oppose the motion, columnist, teacher and mother, Brida O'Brien.
4: There's a popular quote used by pro choice people. No one wants an abortion as she wants an ice cream cone or a Porsche. She wants an abortion as an animal caught in a trap wants to gnaw off its own leg. I happen to think that women deserve better than what that horrific image conveys. You might think that I'm anti abortion because I'm Catholic. That's very understandable. But it's completely wrong. I'm anti abortion because I'm a feminist. For millennia, women were discriminated against on the grounds that they weren't really persons, but instead dependent on the adult males in their lives, defined by their fathers, their brothers, their husbands, but never by themselves. There's even a famous case in Canada in the 1920s, where women applied to see could they be considered persons with legal rights under the law, and they lost the case. Think of all the spurious reasons why women were denied full rights. The argument centred around being smaller, weaker, more vulnerable, not being the same as the adult male. I don't need to point out to you the obvious analogy with language being used about babies before so-called viability and how striking that is. My remarks here aren't aimed at women who've had abortions. I've talked to many of them. I've no desire to stand in judgment on them. My arguments are aimed at the ideas that drive the pro-choice ideology that wants to bring abortion, legal abortion, into Hollis Street and into our other maternity hospitals. The pro-choice movement takes something amazing, the ability to have a child, and reframes it as an impossible burden, and a private impossible burden. When society... um, Feminism started off as left-leaning and communitarian. When society didn't acknowledge women's needs and abilities change society. But when it comes to a crisis pregnancy, change the woman. And yet women know it's not the baby that ruins your life. It's everybody else. It's the family who won't stand by you. It's the principal who expels you. It's the employer who doesn't want anyone as uncommitted as to give birth on his time. Presenting abortion as somehow medically necessary is just bizarre. Abortion isn't a treatment for mental distress or mental ill health. In fact, in the case of a pre-existing condition like depression or anxiety, it's a further risk factor for mental ill health and suicide. That's not me saying that. That's the Royal College of Psychiatry. Senator and doctor John Crown, the cancer specialist, he's hardly a pillar of the pro-life movement. He recently said he'd never had a case where abortion was necessary to save the life of a mother. So please don't present abortion as life-saving. It isn't. Endorsing choice in every situation has left feminism in a morally impossible space. It's summed up by a headline I saw just last night on a pro-choice website. Sex selection abortions are wrong, but allowing women to have them is right. That's where endorsing choice above all all other values leads you. You can't condemn abortions of girls. Now, Elizabeth is going to say, and Fintan has already said, this is just a very tiny piece of abortion. This is just about life-saving operations, and we'll go back to it. But... It's a wedge issue which is being used in order to open the door. And part of the reason that I believe that is hearing ectopic pregnancies described as abortions because they aren't abortions, because the only outcome to an ectopic pregnancy is a dead mother and a dead baby. And you would want to think that pro-life people were extraordinary if they think that's a good outcome. As a woman who's had four children and two miscarriages, I find that offensive. You might talk to me about the um, really hard cases like rape, and I'd have to stop and say, yeah, they're really hard and they're the ones that push me to my limits as well. Some of you might have heard about the idiotic ideas of US Republican Senator Todd Aiken who talked about women? it being impossible for women to get pregnant if it was legitimate rape. What an obnoxious concept. But a young woman gave him his answer, a young woman who got raped and had her baby. She said, are you saying I wasn't legitimately raped because I felt a sense of partnership with the child in my womb, that I felt we were both victims of a massive abuse? It's people like you, Todd Aiken, who make it really difficult for me because people will say it wasn't legitimate rape. Legislating for the X case isn't about a little bit of abortion in extreme cases. It's abortion with no
0: time limits. Thank you. And that was Brida O'Brien. Thank you. So we've now heard from all of our main speakers and it's time to open up the discussion to our audience of Leaving Cert students from Mount Temple Comprehensive School in Dublin. So over to you folks. We want to hear your comments. And
1: my name is Naomi Kinnoshane. I'm from Drumcondra. And I just want to say I would be ashamed to call myself a feminist under the definition that Brito O'Brien gave
4: in this debate.
2: Um, I didn't like the terms in which abortion was said to be anti-feminist. I don't believe anyone is pro-abortion in any cases. People being pro-choice is giving women a choice to decide what to do with their body, and I do not see how that can be an anti-feminist thing.
0: And your name, please.
2: Aidan Crook from Donomate.
5: Hi, my name's Kira Dorgan. I'm from Artane. Um, my, my previous comment was going to be very similar to Aidan, so I'll pick another one of my ones written down. Um, I am a senior level uh, secondary school student, same as everybody in the audience. And um, CSP and SPHE are kind of basically cancelled by uh, third year. We had SPHE, I think, last year in fifth year. Um, but CSP was completely taken away from the senior level students, stopped in third year, basically, when we're finally starting to make our decisions in terms of adult political opinions. Uh, we don't really have any information given to us by the school for, uh, in terms of, of abortion, the legality of it, um, the various ins and outs of what's legal, what's not, what's right, what's not. Um, probably because it's such a hot topic and we don't want to upset people, but we are the age group that these are happening in. We're the people that are part of the statistics hugely. We're basically who they're talking about in the debates. Not all of the percentage, but so much. And uh, we're basically cut off in school from concrete information. So we're sent to the internet to look at sites that we don't know is biased for or against. We could be looking at someone, at something that someone pro-choice or pro-life send out. We don't know what to trust and that's basically my issue, that even though in 1992 it was passed that we had the right to information, we're not getting it.
0: Thank you for that. Now, producer tells me, time running against us, so we've time for maybe three, four more comments.
4: Hi, my name's Sarah Long. I'm a Men Temple student. And uh, I am just thought that it was kind of skimmed past um, the fact that you're talking about the way that abortion you know, is saving people's lives, but they also seem to skim past the fact that um, giving up the abortion also poses other health risks.
5: Hi, my name is Jennifer Moore from Clontarf and I'd just like to make the comment that I think that um, the suffering that might be endured um, by those involved in a hard case uh, wouldn't equate to the amount of suffering that could, uh, could occur if abortion on demand were to become the reality in Ireland.
1: Hi, my name's Rebecca Bradshaw and I'm from Koolock. i just like to say that I find it absolutely despicable that somebody that calls himself a feminist, like Breda O'Brien, who's meant to be for women's rights and the rights of their own body, I assume, along with that, is so against something that's so personal. I don't think a politician should be able to decide for a woman. I think it's not a black and white situation. It's up to the woman, that's it.
0: And one final one.
2: Uh, hi, my name's Graeme Borland. I'm from Ashburn. Um, the point was made uh, that... Um, Abortion can be very damaging to a woman um, with mental health health issues. But um, it's kind of a contradiction saying that, but then not considering the mental, like as if having an unwanted pregnancy and giving birth to an unwanted child for whatever reason is going to somehow be better for the woman. Like surely an unwanted child is just as damaging, if not more, than uh, having an abortion.
0: Okay, thank you for that. Well, now you've heard some of the comments of our audience, so I'll ask our principal speaker once again, Fintan O'Toole, to sum up his team's arguments. And, Fintan, this time you have one minute.
3: Um, thank you very much. Um, I really welcome the, the tone of this, at least. Um, I, I think it's maybe possible at last to have a civilised debate about this issue in Ireland, and that is some kind of progress. Just a couple of points that I think need to be made. Um, Brida talked about opening the door for abortions in our hospitals. These abortions are happening in our hospitals. The state went to the European Court of Human Rights and said, there is lawful abortion in Ireland, but we don't want to clarify the circumstances in which it it can happen. That's the nub of this issue. It's that we will continue to do something, but we will deny it. We We will label it as if it's something shameful. And crucially, we will leave the women who are in these crisis situations with uncertainty with further stress further anxiety we will tell them that the constitution says they can have the abortion but the law the criminal law says that the doctor who performs that abortion can be prosecuted and sent to jail this is a recipe for just absolute dishonesty uh, and for creating further stress further anxiety for people who are who are by definition already suffering
0: And finally, to sum up for the opposition, I call again on Bride O'Brien. And again, Bride, you have one minute. I'm with Finton
4: in that we should legislate and we should legislate for clarity. And what we should do is legislate to enforce what's actually happening in Ireland at the moment, where there is medical treatment for women when they need it, without having to disingenuously categorise it as abortion. Because intention is a hugely important part of any legal activity or any moral activity that anyone takes part in. And if the intention is to deliberately end the life of an unborn child, that's abortion in anybody's mind. If the intention is to save a life and then tragically and these are tragic situations because they are that wonderful thing, a wanted child, then I don't think it is right or just to call those um, abortions. We've shown you that the X case is a flawed decision. It happened before most of you were born. They didn't call medical evidence. Surely you can see that things have moved on since 1992. You can't legislate on the basis of that. It's a safe country for a woman to be pregnant. Her right to life is fully protected under the Constitution. It's not a treatment for mental health. It's a, it's a danger for mental health. I would just appeal to you. You are compassionate people. Broaden your compassion to include mother and child. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Breda. So now you've heard all the arguments for and against, so we're going to ask you to vote on the motion once again, that this House believes that it's time for the Irish government to legislate for the X case. All those in favour, please raise your hands. And all those against, please raise your hands. So, as a majority has voted in favour of the motion, I declare the motion carried, but with the note that more people voted against now than had voted before we started the recording. So, ladies and gentlemen, your arguments were obviously persuasive, there was a shift. But that's our programme for this week, so our thanks once again to Fintan O'Toole, to Breed O'Brien, Elizabeth O'Hearn Flynn, Lorcan Price, and the Leaving Cert students from Mount Temple Comprehensive School for being a most engaged and attentive audience. Thanks also to Kieran Cullen on sound, without whom none of this would be possible. Listeners' comments are of course welcome. You can phone us on 01 208 2039, email us at godslot at rte, Dot I-E, or write to us at the Godslot, RTE Radio 1, Dublin 4. The Godslot returns at the same time next Friday evening. Good day, sin. Good day, ship.